Hey guys, Riley here. Last week on the adventures of Sparky and Spazoid, we learned that Sparky has an itchy trigger finger and that talking goats, boys place explorers, and robots don't always get along. This week they'll become a little bit friendlier with each other. They have to, to survive. Remember, if you've missed episodes, they're all up on illadvisedstories.com, and the book can be bought on Amazon if you'd like to read along or read ahead. Chapter 5. Let's make some noise and see what comes to find us. The tonsil terrors may have been the dominant species on this planet, but they weren't the only things left after their scourge. There were creatures that had learned to hide from them, living in the wreckage of the failed civilization. There were things that had gone into hibernation, waiting for something interesting to happen. Some of these things weren't alive in the traditional sense. And, of course, there were a few creatures that didn't have tonsils at all. They pretty much made out okay, only being hunted for food. The tonsil terrors lived in hives, but they weren't a hive mind. Believe it or not, there are species out there that can talk to each other telepathically, sharing their thoughts and actions. It makes them very efficient. But as I said, that wasn't what the tonsil terrors did. Tonsil terrors were coordinated, all acting alike, because they suffered from a complete lack of imagination. They all did the same thing, the same way, all the time. They hunted, terrorized tonsils, and then brought the rotting meat back to the hive after their babies were born, while trying not to be eaten by the babies themselves. The smallest tonsil terrors were the most vicious. Tonsil terrors didn't care for breaks in their routine. They didn't like things falling from the sky, unless, of course, they had tonsils. Rocket thrusters had no organs to speak of. They were different and unexpected, and while your average tonsil terror may hate them for that, they knew their king had a rule. He insisted that anything shiny be brought to him. Like most kings, he was incredibly dumb and loved shiny objects. He had no reason for this. Shiny objects just appealed to him. Covered with a microsolar web, Spazoid's thrusters looked like polished bronze. In other words, they were shiny. The tonsil terrors collected the rockets and carried them into their hive. They weren't gentle with them since they resented having to deal with them at all. But luckily, the rockets were built to survive Sparky and Spaz. The king looked at them, and his wicked heart beat a little harder at the sight. Shiny, he thought, enjoying them for a moment. Then he had them thrown on his treasure pile and forgot about them, like so many of his other riches. Again, the tonsil terrors weren't gentle tossing the rockets into the room. The royal guards slung them up on top of the pile, where they rolled down a bit and settled. That's when something else on the treasure pile woke up. Its eyes opened. What? What? Interesting. Bam, bam, just boom, said loudly. Then in a lower voice, it let out a long, wondering if it had finally found a way off this awful planet. This very excited thing had been stuck here for way too long. I hope that piqued your interest, and we'll get back to it soon enough. For now, let's return to our heroes following a goat down a hill into a hellish landscape. Who knew goats were so fast? Sparky said. The goat had been ahead of them for a while. He stopped grazing when he noticed the two explorers going the same direction as him, down a rocky path surrounded by sickly-looking vegetation. The goat wasn't running yet, but obviously he was trying to put some distance between himself and the duo, ignoring Sparky's calls. Sparky balled up his parachute while walking. Despite his begging, Spaz rejected the notion of carrying it for his partner. This wasn't because Spazoid was unwilling to help his friend. They were a team, after all. And as the big guy vehicle in the relationship, he was used to being used for freight. But Sparky had refused to contact Command and give them an update. I want to talk to the goat first. There's not much to tell them otherwise. 
Sparky said over his shoulder while pulling the chute off another thorn bush. Not much to tell him. You sure about that? Floating mountains, giant alien machines, talking goats, our crash, our eventual landing? None of this seems worth mentioning. Oh, by the way, protocol says you're supposed to make contact within an hour of touchdown. Has it been an hour? Sparky finally got the chute clear. Since the crash of the landing, Spaz asked. Since the second crash. I mean, the third one. Because when your parachute fails, that counts as a crash, and the third... The third was a landing, Spaz interrupted. Sparky punched his parachute into his pack. Okay, fine, I'll give you that. Mine was a landing, but yours... Would you two shut it and stop following me, the goat snarled. We just want to talk to you. Come here. Come here, goat. Sparky spoke in the sweetest tone he could muster. He grabbed a vine from the side of the path, the only bit of green he could find. You want this, don't you? A little treat? The goat's tail gave a happy flick. He stopped it immediately. As tempting as that is, I'd rather you two be quiet before you get me eaten. Or worse! Or worse? What's worse than being eaten? Spaz asked. And eaten by what? Sparky added. Just then, as if on cue, because let's face it, every alien monster knows how to roar on cue, a shrieking sound came from the sky. Spazoid and Sparky looked up. It's a bird, Spazoid said as a massive shadow passed over them. An evil bird, he added while ducking down. Oh, and that's not the only thing. Look over there, down the hill. The goat motioned with his horns. Something moved through the vegetation. The explorers couldn't quite see it, but it was long and sinuous, coming towards them. They watched for a moment more and noticed it wasn't alone. What are those? Sparky asked. Some sort of slug creature. They aren't very fast, but they're big, the goat whispered. The bird is circling. That's a hunting behavior. Spaz tried to take cover behind some bushes, but being eight feet tall and shiny wasn't really an option. Sparky looked at his cowering friend. Maybe you should arm yourself instead. Spaz hadn't thought of that. Maybe I should. He was a peaceful explorer. He didn't care for violence, but he was more than capable of it. Two mini Gatling weapons popped out from his arms. A thunder cannon rolled up onto his shoulder, and from under his armpits, the top set, came launchers for programmable magnetic core liquid missiles. All the weapons were pointed to the sky, where the bird still circled. It should be noted that all Spazoid's hardware was meant to be non-lethal. The Gatling guns, which are rotary-style cannons made of 12 spinning barrels, only shot gel bullets. Getting hit with them felt like being plastered with chewy candy. Only they tasted awful. The thunder cannon may have sounded ominous, but much like Sparky's blaster, it only fired sound. Okay, so maybe it could blow a hole in a concrete wall, but that was only at its highest setting. It could be turned a lot lower. Not now, of course, not with an evil bird overhead. The magnetic core liquid missiles were mainly meant for demolition, like if you needed to make a road or level a mountain or something. They weren't intended to do anything harmful. Remember, violence bad, peaceful exploration good. Don't forget about these guys, Sparky said, pointing to the slugs that had gotten closer. You could hear their squishy bodies pushing through the undergrowth. The goat had wisely come closer to Spaz, hiding under the robot's shadow with Sparky. Spaz glanced at the moving brush. He pointed one arm and a Gatling gun at it, but he kept everything else trained on the sky. Just then, a slug burst out of the bushes. It swallowed Spaz's arm whole, its round mouth and sharp teeth closed over him like an opera glove, slowly climbing up, squeezing and releasing. It looked like Spaz's arm was trapped inside a giant booger. Oh, gross! Sparky called as he backed away. What should I do? Spaz asked. Get it off! Sparky yelled while he and the goat darted away. Spazoid flailed around, trying to shake the creature loose. 
they could hear the other slugs coming closer, hunting them. Just behind the goat, a slug came flying over the bushes. Sparky dropped to his knee and pulled his pulse pistol from its holster. He fired, and the goat felt the air move. When he looked up, he saw the slug explode. Its slimy guts rained down on him, leaving little pieces dripping from his horns. The pulse pistol was on the highest setting, not recommended by the manufacturers. Another slug burst out, and Sparky fired again, same results. He fired a few more times, blasting into the bushes, blowing plants apart and clearing the ground around them. When he stopped, he and the goat could hear the other slugs slithering away. Though it was hard to hear anything above the sound of Spazoid yelling, Get it off! Get it off! While swinging his arm around widely, Hey, you giant baby, fire your weapon! Spaz looked at his arm and realized that the slug had swallowed the Gatling gun. He pointed it away from the others and turned his head as he fired. Like I said, this weapon only used non-lethal rounds. However, even those, when blasted directly into a goo creature's mouth, could be far more devastating than the designers meant. In a moment, there wasn't much left to the slug. Well now, the goat said with goo dripping down his billy goat beard, maybe you two aren't as useless as I thought. Are you saying you'd be willing to talk to us? Answer some questions? Sparky asked as he holstered his pistol, making certain to give it its custom spin. There's still that flying menace up there! Spazoid went back to watching the sky. Maybe we should find cover before anything else happens. Sparky glanced at the half-collapsed buildings and the massive alien machine. Go ahead and change and get us out of here. Right, but I'm keeping my weapons out just in case. Spaz squatted down, wheels dropped from behind his legs, doubling in size and inflating. His arms folded back and his head perched out with his nose becoming a bumper. He looked like an all-terrain sports car with a vaguely silly face on the front of it. The Gatling guns, the Thunder Cannon, and the missile launchers bristled from all sides. The cockpit dome slid back, and Sparky climbed in. The goat wasn't far behind. Don't let him steal my parachute, Spaz said through the dashboard. Sparky looked at the chute. It was taking up most of the space in the cockpit. He glanced at the goat, still covered in slime. Wait right there, he said, dragging the parachute out. He cleaned the animal off with it. It'll be tight in here, and I don't feel like getting slug goop on me. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Spaz yelled. Look, man, we have to leave it behind anyway. There's no room. I'll bury it and we can come back for it on our way out. Sparky offered. Bury it? Do you know what I went through to get that back? Spazoid demanded. Yeah, I think I remember. Just then, the giant bird creature in the sky let out another roar. You know what? Why don't you just bury it? Spaz said in a hurry. Sparky pointed the pulse pistol at the ground and pulled back the trigger. He held it down until there was a hole deep enough to shoot it. Then he laid it down and kicked some dirt over it. When he turned back to get into the cockpit, the goat was sitting in his spot. Oh, no, you don't. Sparky shoved him out of his way. Hey, hey, the goat complained. As soon as Sparky's feet were in, Spazoid cranked down on the accelerator. Sparky fell forward, going face down into the seat, while still trying to shove the goat over. The animals behind remained stubbornly in place. I won't bother to describe this anymore. I'm sure you can imagine what slimy goat butt tastes like. And if you can't, well... It ain't great. If Sparky had a chance to look up, or if Spaz had slowed down, they would have seen the bird creature drop from the sky. It was like an eagle, only bigger and uglier, and it had a taste for slugs. Its claws slammed into one of the wriggling monsters, tearing it apart. Unfortunately for this bird creature, it had tonsils. Ordinarily, it lived in the sky, on those floating rocks. But food was lean up there, and big fat slugs were hard to ignore. It should have just taken its meal and gone. It didn't get off the ground fast enough. From out of the grass, the tonsil terrors descended. See, the bird had landed well inside their territory, 
just like Sparky and Spazoid. That bird never got to fly again, or do anything else for that matter. I hope you're enjoying the story so far. Making the illustrations for this chapter in the book was a lot of fun. Apparently, I really enjoy drawing slug creatures. Next week, the boys will be on a road trip going cross-country, and they'll have their first encounter with the tonsil terrors. Come back and check it out, and thanks for listening. The music was provided by Kevin McLeod.